0: Oh, bless you. Thank you so much. What a privilege. What a privilege. I've been given a time. um, Does it say two hours? Yeah, okay. So, um, thank you. You're so generous. I'll take advantage of that and um, and then do that. And um, yesterday, Tosh said that we invited you. You've got plenty of time, as much as you like. Is that right? She confirms that, that's, that's brilliant, okay, wonderful. What a privilege to stand here um, before my brothers and sisters and be able to share what God has put in my heart. That word that um, says there, family, it's significant, that's very important. You call your church a family, that's got an amazing meaning in that, and a meaning all of that word talks about God who gathered us together from different places from different with different background with different nationalities you know standing in front of you with my broken English and you know, with you know this accent and trying to explain what I'm trying to tell you you, you you would see that I am also belong you know belonging to this family and what's amazing about this family there's no cousins in this family Everybody in this family is brother and sister. There is no community in this world. There's no university. There's no company. There's no institution in this world would do the same as we have. In this family, we can call each other brothers and sisters genuinely knowing that God, our Father, gathered us together under his wings and calls us his family. What a privilege. It's an amazing privilege. And the other privilege that I always experience is that I travel to many places around the world. And it's a privilege to serve the Lord in many places. And every time I stand behind a pulpit somewhere and and, and, and I share the word of God and what God is, gives me to share with my family, it gives me a, a great joy. Because in my country, I didn't have that joy because of the persecution. And every time you come up to share something with your brothers and sisters, you have to watch and check your words, you know, um, carefully, knowing that there are agencies sitting in the room and listening to you try to catch you on your birds. Or you, you're worried that somebody might be waiting at the gates for you to come up afterwards. Some people, <clears throat> you know, uh, they, they don't tell the truth in their, you know, homes. And then because of the family, Muslim family, won't understand them. Where well, they're going on Sunday, they would say, we're well, going to the shop. They would go to the shop. But in the, in the meantime, they will pop into the church to worship for some time and then go. And it's privilege. It's great privilege. It's a massive blessing that God has given to us in this country. The freedom is is a gift of God that God granted to us. And that's gift that God has given to us. He wants us to use it because if we don't use it we will lose it. You know. And when you live in that environment when it's been given to you, you never notice that. You only notice things when you start losing them. But today God has given us this opportunity to gather everywhere possible in this country, even in the school. That's amazing, isn't it? You know, you walk up in the morning and you had a choice to go to church or do other things, but instead you, you choose to be here this morning. First of all, because God wanted you to be here. And secondly, because of the freedom that you have to go or not without any fear. And that's amazing. I just wanted to give glory to God and then pray before we start. Father, thank you in the name of Jesus. We praise your name and we glorify your name. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for the freedom that you've given to us. Thank you for this place. Thank you for this opportunity to gather as a family to praise your name without any persecution, without any fear, without any concern. Thank you for the gift of freedom that you've given to us. We honor you. And we pray that, Father, would you please pour out your spirit upon each of us and fill us with the power of your spirit this morning. And with the joy of your spirit that we will be able to hear your voice right from your throne. Open our eyes to see you face to face today, Lord. Not me, but you, Father. We praise your name. We glorify your name. That's the reason that we are here for, to worship you here, your voice, meet with you, to receive from you, to hear from you. So Lord, we give everything into your hands and ask you to lead us and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A few years back, I was invited to an event uh, which was held in one of the Porsche's hotels in London. Uh, this was an event of, um, of somebody who was doing a building work, uh, building projects, and he invited, uh, this guy invited lots of millionaires to come, and he was trying to encourage them to invest into his project. A friend of mine who was um, you know, in that business uh, invited me just for, for experience, for an experience to come in and see what happens there. And I like going to new places and I learn more about uh, what's happening around the world. And um, so I went to that event, um, I don't even remember the name of the hotel, I'd I, I never go there, you know, I, I've never, you know, went there again, so I don't think that I will go there again, because it was a very expensive place, but somehow I found a way, I went there, and then, you know, I came, there were many people uh, in the room, and the bar was open with all the drinks, and all these expensive drinks, all free, you know, you could, you could enjoy yourself over there. Um, and then I looked around and these people were chatting with each other and these guys, um, uh, you know, representative were talking with different people among, you know, audience and trying to tease out how much money they can get from the investors to invest into this project. It was a multi-million uh, project that he was trying to encourage people to put the money in. So there was... You know, after a few minutes, uh, they approached me as well, trying to find out how much money I've got. And and, and then, you know, they started to talk to me. So I, I spoke to them, and then I thought, well, it's really embarrassing if I say I don't have any money. I'm just, I just came to, you know, to see what's happening here. I didn't want to give it out much. But, um, and then I thought, well, I'll ask the questions, okay? So I asked them... Um, if they, you know, if I was interested to put the money in, what would be the guarantee for me to receive my money back and then interest on top of it? So they said, well, it, the, the, uh, we give first charge and a second charge to those who invest, the, you know, the most of the money, and then the rest of the people just get the paperwork and then contract, uh, you know, being signed by the, you know, manager or the, the project manager, and then I thought, well. So what will happen, I, I thought that I won't be able to get rid of them until they find out how much money I've got. And I said, well, okay, that's, that's really interesting, but what will happen if this guy dies? And they, they, they were puzzled, and I looked at them they thought, they said, um, we never heard uh, anybody asking us this question, can we come back to you on this question? I said, well, please, please, take your time, and the, they disappeared. And I thought, I don't want them to come back. <laughs> But it was a great event. It, it just taught me something that uh, I learned and, um, and, uh, and I thought about. I thought that it was a great event where people came to invest their money into it. S- people had the you know, idea, um, those who were there, and they were interested how much money they would you know, make out of this and so on. The purpose was to hear and be sure that this is a good business, that I'm uh, going to invest my money. At that time, it made me think about myself, my own life, thinking, you know, how am I spending my time? How am I spending my life? Where am I investing my life in this world? Because that wasn't the purpose for me, to be there to invest the money into the project. I just came to hear what was going on. You know, every time I walk into the churches, I feel that I walk in a huge treasure. Treasure. A treasure of God. A people of God. That God has been investing his jewelries. All these years. If I ask you, how many, how many years you've known Jesus? Probably there will be a people who've known Jesus for 50 years. Any hands? 40 years? 30 years? 20 years? 10 years? 5 years? 1 year? All of you got the story how you met with Jesus. And what happened all these years with your life. We've just heard the story of, of this gentleman sitting behind the you know, IT over there, computer there. Amazing miracle that God has performed in his life. But how many miracles God has performed in your own life? How many times God has invested into your life his jewelries? You might have not noticed this. You've thought that you've you know, spent your life working, coming to the church and then worshiping and satisfying your, your soul and spirit and going away. But in reality, God has been investing into your life, growing you, growing you in spirit, empowering you, giving, giving you his mercy, his blessings, his forgiveness, his love. Carrying you, caring for you, providing for you. All of it has been God's investment into your life. I remember the first time when I met Jesus, it was an amazing experience. I grew up in a Muslim you know, country in a Muslim family, a nominal Muslim family. When you hear Muslims, you think about you know, the radicals and those you see on the screen all these, you know, screaming and shouting and, and exploding themselves. I wasn't coming from that kind of, you know, Muslim family. My, my family was a nominal, like a nominal Christians in this country. So in my early years, I was looking for God and he took me to some teachers who were teaching Quran and Islam and I joined them. And, um, And then very soon, I started to learn Quran. And in 16 days, I was desperate to learn how to read Quran. In 16 days, I started to read Quran in Arabic language. And then very soon, I became one of the group leaders in, in my group. And then, you know, teaching Quran to others. I was with them for about two years. And then I finished the school and went to police academy. In that time, on that time, I stayed with my aunt's family, whose husband was Christian. And um, he became Christian, you know, two years before I, I, I spent time with them. And it was faced to be killed. And then he left his hometown with his family and moved to the capital. And we had a little Russian Baptist church in, in the capital. Because Azerbaijan was part of USSR. And, you know, because of the communist regime, it was an atheist regime and was not supporting any Christian faith or any faith. So there was a only little Russian church and then they were tolerated because they were Russians in Azerbaijan and and my aunt's family joined them and he started God called him to start Azerbaijani church so I stayed with them for a couple of months uh, as I was integrating into the police academy and I spent these two months staying with them this is one of the customs that you can stay with your aunt and family um, when when you need help and then her her husband is is a crazy evangelist he loves the lord and and nobody can pass him nearby without hearing Jesus about Jesus so he baptizes people in the saunas in the river in the sea everywhere so here we have you know two people I was very strong and I'm very you know very much believing in Islam and this guy who knew Quran and Islam well and you know he previously was a draggar deacon and one of those criminals and then at the age of 30 80, he met with Jesus. He gave his life to Jesus. And in one day, everything changed radically. Everyone was amazed to see the radical change in his life. I remember his dad was 80. He came to the church and he stood up. He said, I want to accept that Jesus into my life. That Jesus who changed my son's life in one day. I spend 38 years to do the same, but I've never been successful. But this Jesus... I don't know who is he. He changed my son's life in one day. So I came here to accept him, invite him into my life. So this man spent, you know, used every second of those two months talking to me about Jesus Christ. I was sick and tired of hearing about him. (laughs) I didn't want him to continue to talk to me. So we had lots of you know, heated conversations and I had to respect him. This is how it works in our country. And I didn't want to end it up on the street anyway. So, I'd, um, so we had these conversations every day. My, my aunt was suffering. She was kind of trying to calm him calm him down and uh, talk to me and you know, try to be a peacemaker between us. And one day he he tired and he said, why don't you just come to our church and see what we are doing there? I went to the church, I sat on the back, and then I thought, that wasn't the right thing to do. He came up to me and sat near to me. He prayed and I prayed. I'm just sharing this short version of it because my time is running off. Um, So, um, and I said in my heart, Allah, could you please help me to get out of this place? I promise you I'll never come back here again. He didn't hear what I was saying. He finished his prayer. He looked at me. He said, my God has just said to me that if you leave this place today, you will never come back here again. I was shocked. I thought, how come he knows about the prayer that I've just prayed to my God Right at that time, I felt somebody was standing in front of me and knocking my heart, and I'm pulling my shirt. I didn't know what, 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 what I needed to do. I was kind of lost in all these, you know, uh, that was going, going on around me. And I looked at it, and I said, well, I feel that I need to do something. Somebody calling me to do something, but I don't know what to do. He said, I know. I wasn't surprised he knew the answer to all the questions. <laughs> so he said, follow me. And then he took me, and I grabbed me. You know, grab my hand and then, you know, pull me um, and then brought right in front of the church. This is a traditional Baptist church. And everything gone quiet, people stood up and then, you know, the worship stopped and then Pastor stopped and then he grabbed the microphone and I, you know, he said, repeat after me, Jesus, please forgive me and accept me. And I did. And I really wanted to go back to my you know, sit, because I was standing in front of the people. There were people looking at me, staring at me, and then, you know, they were happy to see me. I didn't know why were they happy, and then they were rejoicing, and then they sang a song and all sorts of stuff. I went back, sat in my chair, on my chair, and I thought, well, that was a mistake. Because I thought... You know, during that time, as I'm inviting Jesus, there would have a thunder, or some angels will appear, and there will be a cloud, and something miraculous will happen and touch me, change me. But noth- nothing happened. I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't happy. I thought, well, that's that's a sect. You know, this Christian sect. They just, you know, um, try to, you know, kind of convert people into Christianity. And then I went home, and on, on the way home, I thought, I'll go back, and i repent, and i go back to Islam again. As we came home, I was about to do that, and um, my uncle's, you know, aunt's husband, he said, well, why don't we pray before we go to sleep? And I thought, well, I won't be able to get rid of him. Let's just do that. We went to his room, and we began to pray. So we prayed twice, and they were talking to his son and himself. They were telling me about how they met Jesus and what happened. And I was, Jesus said something to them. I didn't see, I didn't hear any of those. But it made me interested in that in that conversation. I was on my knees like this and I said, Lord, third time, one day when we started to pray, I said, Lord, I am really tired. I've read Quran and I know everything about Islam. This guy introduced me to Jesus. I invited Jesus. Nothing really happened. I don't know what to do. Just please help me. Do something. Just revelation or something. Make something to happen that I will finally be satisfied knowing that this is the real God I know. Because this man tells me that you are a father. Jesus is God. At the same time a son of God. I don't believe any of this. But could you please help? As soon as I said that, this light appeared somewhere there and began to come towards me and it hit my heart. As this light was entering to my heart, there was some you know, dark, black, you know, dead spirit, fearful spirit was pushed out of me. I became very empty and I suddenly saw this water coming from above and I feel in my heart there was joy coming out of my heart. I was laughing and, and, and crying at the same time. I thought that I'm, I'm going to lose my mind what's happening was just flying in the air, didn't feel any parts of my body. And then suddenly, I saw somebody standing in front of me and looking at me as my dad. It was in one second I understood what this man was talking to me in the last two months. I stood up from my prayer. I was shouting, he's my dad. He is my dad. I was so loud, and then he's scared. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Everybody was sleeping, and then, you know, living in those apartments with thin, you know, walls, when you hear the, you know, the snore of your neighbors, when they snore. So he was, he was, you know, a bit worried, and then he took me to another room, to the living room, and I opened up the New Testament. I read these words of Jesus in John chapter 14. No one can come to my Father unless through me first time in my life I saw words having mouth speaking to me I was amazed I never had that before but every word that he was reading was resonating with me telling me the truth that I felt that I knew forever at that point I understood that God was my father But I was lost in space, never knew this. I thought that I knew God. I thought that I was worshiping God. I thought that I was reading his words. But on the day that I met with Jesus who brought me right to my father, I understood that I never knew my father. Because that's Jesus who has got that authority can bring you to right to your father. No one else. And those Muslims who say that we know God, but Jesus is just a prophet. We don't accept him as, as God. In reality, they don't know who God is. Those Jewish people who say that we are children of Abraham. We follow Moses. We know Torah, but Jesus was still waiting for him. And we know God. In reality, they don't know who God is because they don't know who Jesus is. And the same thing with the Jehovah Witnesses. They say that they know God, but they don't accept Jesus. In reality, they don't know who God is because they don't know who Jesus is. This is what happened to me on that day. And remember the same thing. Maybe not the similar story, but the same thing happened in your life. And you know what happened in that life, in that time? Can we have that first, first slide on the screen, please? On that day that you met with God, he made a choice. He chose you. And he said, but you are, once was lost, no one going to hell, but today, you are a chosen people. Yeah. Not only chosen people, but royal priesthood. Yeah. And moreover, a holy nation, a God's special position." that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. When I walk into the buildings, church buildings, and see my family there, God's family, I look at this treasure of God being invested by God, his treasures. But the question that I have for you today, what are you doing with this treasure? How are you spending this treasure? Why are you investing this treasure? The words here says that God chose us and did all these things that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Are we declaring praises of him? Are we sharing that God that we met once in our life with those who are going to hell? Those who are in a sickness, in a problems. Those who don't have any idea about love of God. Those who are unaware of God in this world who can help who can bless. Because since we've known God, he's been investing his treasures in our life. And those treasures are his, his power, his authority, his blessing. Did you know that you have got God's mind in your brain? Did you know that you have got Holy Spirit's power in you. Did you know that you can, because you've been given the authority to command the mountains to move? Did you know that you've been given the authority and the power to command the trees to, to, to be taken out and go and planted in the sea? Did you know that you've been given the authority to walk on the water? as Peter did? Did you know all of this? Have you ever tried? If you think that you've tried to move the mountain and it didn't move, then either is Jesus' liar or something wrong with my faith. I will believe, I hope so, that Jesus is not liar. We don't, We believe that Jesus is not a liar, but he's a powerful God. He lives in our lives. We've just talked about somebody in your church who moved that mountain. And a guy sitting over there. Many times, Lord moved that mountain from your life. Caring for you, carrying you blushing you. If you are sitting here today, it means that God is saying to you, I haven't finished with you yet. There is more to come. You've not been created and called to his kingdom just to come and sit in that comfortable chair to enjoy his investment and be fatter and fatter. Sorry for my words but to make a difference in this life. Words of Paul, who says, imitate me as I imitate Jesus, has been said for the reason. Paul says, you are a representative imitation of Jesus because you've got all the power and authority of God, almighty God, within you. You can pray and ask and command. And do miracles in this world. Easily. Because this is Jesus said. Not me. He said to his disciples. You will do even more things. That I've ever done. This is Jesus is saying to his disciples. You will do more things. That I've ever done. Have you tried it? I'm sure you've tried. Or maybe about to try. But maybe. Maybe. The Holy Spirit is saying to you today, it's a time to think about this. Maybe it's a time to wake up. Maybe it's a new season that God is bringing into your life to understand that actually you're not just a simple person sitting there and enjoying God's presence in your life. You are chosen people, God's special possession. Holy Nation. Wow. Holy Nation. This is how God calls us. This is how God sees us. Even if we don't see it, but he sees us like that. Next one, please. So Paul encourages his church in Corinth, So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. He's basically saying, put God first in your life. Put God first in your family life. Put God first in your education. Put God first in your business. Put God first in your family. Put God first in your working place. Put God first everywhere that you go. Because you've been created to glorify him. And if you give a space to him, he will strengthen your path. And he will do things that is impossible for you. Because God, our God is God of impossibility. And I see that everywhere I go. We serve the Christians, Paul was talking about our ministry called Turkic Belt Ministry. It's the language group of the people that we serve in Turkic Belt countries, starting from Turkey, Azerbaijan, part of Iran, Central Asia, and up to you know, west of China. There are about 256 million Turkic-speaking people around the world, some of them in Russia, some of them in Europe, and then some, most of them in these Turkic countries and we serve them next slide please what we do we go and then and, and then we we travel to those places and meet with these persecuted christians over there because they are all muslim countries and we support them with teaching and encouragements and you know spending time um you know preaching the gospel to muslims and leading them to christ and baptizing them it's so exciting it's dangerous but still exciting next next one please and you can see, this is the church that we started in, in, in Turkey, Iranian church. And, and, you know, um, and these um, Iranian refugees started to come to Turkey. And, then, and God called us to you know, start a church over there. We started a church. And every, every time we go there, we provide the teaching and then encourage that church over there. It's growing. It's growing rapidly because they come hungry. And they have a massive faith in their hearts. They come from persecution and then go to another persecution. You know, come from a Muslim country to another Muslim context and then, and then continue to be persecuted. And it's very difficult for them to find a job and then survive in, 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 in Turkey. But they have a massive faith in their hearts. I travel there every three months and then we spend time together, you know, worshipping together and helping these wonderful friends. They taught me how to pray with few words and I see miracles. Instant miracles. Every time we spend time together, all day, and then we're finished sometime, you know, in the morning, two o'clock or one o'clock in the morning, they don't want you to go. And after the you know sessions, they lined up, um, you know, before us and ask us to touch them and then pray for them. It's 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 just literally impossible to do that, you know, um, in a, in a quickest way. So if you stand there and do that, it, it will take you up to the morning. You know what we do? We just you know touch them and then heal them in Jesus' name and go. And as you touch and then pray for them and then we come next morning you know, seeing a group of people standing at the door and then looking at you, waiting for you with their tears in their eyes. And then you think to yourself, what, what wrong you've done last night with these people that they are crying and waiting for you at the door. And then as you come in and they say, you remember you, you prayed for me. There was a lady who had a tinnitus in her ears for six years. And then she said, last time, it was the first time in my life that I slept without any noise in my ear. A lady who had a cancer in her, in her throat, she said, I just went to the hospital. And they said that we can't find that tumor. That happens in Turkey as well, Dave. <laughs> Not only in the UK. And it's a privilege to serve these people, but they have a huge faith in their hearts. Next one, please. And every time we're there, we're baptizing three, two, five, ten Iranians, every three months. And it's amazing to see that these people come with faith in their hearts and believe in that Jesus the only one who can help them and bless them and save them. We also have friends who are serving in, in Turkey, uh, in, in Iran. Next one, please. And the next one. And this is the lady um, that we've been... St- you know, um, helping and supporting in, in Turkey who started her ministry nine years ago and was leading lots of Muslims to Christ and, and she had, you know, so many home groups that she set it up until last year when some of those home groups were discovered and then arrested by the police and then she was on the run and I um, and really had a tough time and then during that time we were talking and, uh, you know, praying together so she said, I feel that I need to just you know, put everything on the side and get on my, with my life and have some space you know, for myself and then maybe I'll come back to the ministry again. And then after a week, um, you know, several weeks, um, we spoke again and she said, I, you remember I, I told you that I'm not going to do the ministry any, anymore but I was unsuccessful. I've got another 17 new people around me in my house. <laughs> It's just impossible to hide what, has God, what God has given to you. And then she continued until this year, end of last year, when when she was arrested and I put in prison and she was tortured, tortured in prison and I left on the floor. They cut her wounds and you know they just you know, tortured her like animals. But she survived and and you know the uh, the prison. Um, you know officers they let her to go and have some treatments and then she was out of the prison for some time and then she um, you know took some treatments went to the hospital until march this year and when they called her back and imprisoned her for two more years she's in prison now before she went to the prison she said she had you know the opportunity to flee but she didn't do that she said i can't do that i know that there is god's purpose for me to go to this prison this is incredible she said I'm going there I don't need anything I don't need any money any organization to use my name to raise the money or anything could you please just pray for me because I believe that your prayers will help me and every time we talk to her she's, you know her relatives and her pastor news to us she said continue to pray I had a privilege to meet with her daughter last year. She fled from the country and she came to our, you know, one of our teachings. And we spent time together and she was there <clears throat> and she was one of the candidates to be baptized as well. So we, you know, gave the opportunity to these guys who wanted to be baptized to share their testimonies. And and she shared her testimony. She said, my mom was called to serve God nine years ago and we as a family began to serve God. And then since then we never had... In a peaceful time, we were always, in, on, you know, with fear, you know, being persecuted, running from one place to another. We are really tired. My brother fled for his life to Germany. He's in Germany. I'm here. My mom in prison. And, and then I listened to her, and I um, was kind of interviewing her. And I asked her a question. And after I asked the question, I was embarrassed. I said, well, you've just said to us that in the last nine years, you had the hardest time in the world because you followed Jesus. Your brother in, um, in exile, you are in exile. Your mum in prison. And are you yet standing here before us and asking us to baptize you? To carry on with faith? Carry on being persecuted? I deepen your relationship more with Jesus? Why? She looked at me and while she was looking at me, I was embarrassed because in her look, she was telling me, what kind of silly question are you asking me? Are you a pastor? Do you know Jesus at all? I was looking at her. It took, took us about a few minutes as she was looking at me. She didn't, she didn't know what to say. She was just puzzled. And then at the end, she said, because I love him and I want to carry on with him because that's the only way this is the only one that I love who loves me so I didn't know what to say we were all in tears and we baptized her and she went back to Iran and she's in Iran now so when I look at these people I see how much they use The power of God that's been given to them, putting their lives under the danger. They are heroes, but they are not different from us. We are same children of God. Almighty God who loves us equally. Who loves her in prison, who loves you in this church and me standing in front of you here. That's the kind of God we have. A God who's interested in our life, in every aspect of our life. A God who carries on walking with us, patiently waiting for us. And he called us to make a difference in this world. The reason that I share my testimony with others people and in churches when i have that opportunity it's not because to be you know kind of to boast on that i only share that because it's not mine anymore your testimony of meeting with jesus is not yours anymore a miracle that god has performed in your life and that testimony that you have got it's not yours anymore It's somebody else's was waiting for you to share that with that person. If you look around, you will see empty chairs near to you. You sit in one of them today. The reason that you sit on that chair because it was designated for you to sit on it today to worship God. And God stirred up somebody else's heart to tell you about him. I pray for you that you are sitting here today. Did you know that there are those empty chairs? They are, belong to those people who are waiting for you, for your testimony, for your prayer. For your action to tell them about the one that you've found, saved you, blessed you, committed himself to you, to walk with you all the way up to this point, and he will carry on walking with you. One thing I want to encourage you to do and maybe challenge you, that coming out of this Sunday service and in this time, you might tell yourself, and maybe Holy Spirit is speaking to you and I believe that he's speaking to you because he's speaking to me as well. You might say to yourself, well, I want to do something this week different. Maybe it's the time today to start. Maybe that friend that you've been thinking about talking about Jesus is the time this week to go to that friend that you spend a lot of time, had a lot of drinks and some, you know, some food, but never was bold enough to say about your faith. Maybe that family member who've been you who you've been praying for and thinking of is the time this week to go on and speak. Maybe that person who's struggling in the deathbed, that God wants you to visit that person and save that person from the hell. But one thing you can do different this week, and you are able to do it. Because God who called you, to his family he empowered you to do it and you can do it it's possible for you to walk on the water it is possible for you to heal the people it is possible for you to save the people, it's possible for you to save people's lives and to make a difference in the people's lives, not because of you but because of the Power of the one who called you to his family he's empowered you with that power and it's possible you just need to be bold and take that faith from the shelf that you put it on the shelf long time ago and start using it and then you will see how it works you will be amazed to see the power of that faith that God has given to you a long time ago my brothers and sisters i don't see just ordinary people sitting there i see god's people a people who imitate jesus in their lives i see jesus's face i see holy spirit's power i see god who called you to his kingdom as a children of god a man of god women of god his family this is how i see you this is how god Seize you. Start being bold. Put your faith into his hand. And start using it. And you will see the difference. Can we promise to ourselves today. Maybe right now to say. Lord I want to do something different. Some, I want to do one thing. But different this week. And experience your power. Your authority. Your faith. That you've given to me. And do something different. And then secondly, I wanted to ask you to pray for these persecuted Christians who gave their lives to Christ and are serving him in their circumstances without money, without any work, being fired from you know, their works. I was fired from my job when I was in police forces, when, I was to, you know, when they took my picture in front of the church and then they fired me. There are many stories like this. But these people still serving God, walking with God, that they need your prayers, they need your support. You can do something different for them as well. So two things before I finish. I'll leave it with you. Just to say in your heart, Holy Spirit, show me what can I do different this week? How can I take action? Active action, not passive action. To make an impact For your kingdom. And secondly, maybe you would say into your heart, what can you do for this persecuted family? Maybe to pray for them regularly. Like Graham does, faithfully. This man of God who prays for persecuted Christians. That's amazing. Maybe you can give and commit yourself for one year to support one of your brothers and sisters in their circumstances live without any benefits any NHS, any treatments, any of those things that we have in this country and pray for them pray for the ministry that we are doing and next month I will be in Turkey for three weeks and baptizing people, preaching gospel to Muslims and you might pray for me that I won't be killed and those people that God designated to bring to his kingdom we will be successful doing that but you can take a part in his kingdom. And there is a room for everything in his kingdom. And you have got a special role in his kingdom. Because you are special. A special position of God, your father. Jesus, we thank you for today. We praise your name. We glorify your name. The reason that we are here standing before you, it's because you chose us. Thank you for privilege to know you. Thank you for blessing that you've given to us. Thank you for your commitment to our lives. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your mercy, forgiveness, grace, That you pulled out into our lives. Thank you for your love. That never ends. Thank you for your power. And authority. Thank you that you are almighty God. Who loves us so so much. That came. Leaving his throne. In a highest place. Becoming one of one of us. And dying for us that we could leave. Thank you, Jesus, that you, you didn't consider to be ashamed approaching us, talking to us, hugging us, kissing us, saving us. That kind of God you are we praise your name and thank you for my brothers and sisters here in this wonderful place what a privilege that I have today to meet with my brothers and sisters in your family so I pray father that they will be filled with the power of your spirit and with the joy of your spirit today in Jesus name Amen.